You are listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at sungrove.org. I want to talk with you today about faith. We've got a series called By Faith, and I want to ask the question, well, why? Why should you and I go into a series that's about faith? Why a series on faith? Well, I think that most Christians, if we're being honest with ourselves, assume A plus B equals C. You think it's new math. A plus B equals C, but the reality is A would be this. You believe in God. B is be a good person. And C is, well, God will take care of the rest. I believe in God. I try to be a good person. And God will bless you. I try to believe in God. I try to be a good person. And God will take care of all the details, all the rest. And we, somewhere deep inside, believe A plus B equals C. And then life happens and we begin to realize that we put our faith and our trust in God. That we try, but you'll never be a good, perfect person. You are perfected because of what Jesus did on the cross. It's not even really your work. It's God's work in and through you. And then God does want to bless you. But we forget that there is a thief. We forget that there is an enemy. One who wants to destroy you. Not just trouble you or harm you, but one who wants to destroy you. We have an enemy. There are also false shepherds. You know, some are music artists. Some are pop culture philosophers. And perhaps the most influential social media wizards. Don't listen to them. How often your heart gets drawn to a statement or a song or a lyric or a philosophy and you think, well, I'll have faith, but I also want to believe that. And it may not, in fact, be true. Don't just wander off looking for life in non-life-giving idols. Don't listen to them. Listen to the Lord. God does want to bless you. In fact, Blessing comes through listening to him through his word and as you and I pray and also as God's Holy Spirit speaks to your inner person on the inside. God still speaks. He wants a relationship with you and it takes time and it takes practice. Some of you are like, I don't hear the voice of God. Well, it takes time. It takes practice and you must be in his word to know the God that you're expecting to speak to you. And you also need time where you pray to him and bring the real you to the real God as you really are, not as you're like projecting you ought to be. God, I think I'm supposed to sound great like this. I'm going to make my prayers try to sound different than what I really think and feel. No, that's being fake. But it takes time. It takes practice. God does want to bless you. But listen to me. Blessing comes through choosing faith while in the middle of the storms of life. That's when the blessing happens. It's when you are in the storms of life and you can choose fear or you can choose faith and in the storms of life you choose faith over fear. Hebrews chapter 11 is a great and famous faith chapter. It is basically the heroes of faith chapter of the New Testament. In fact, what they do in Hebrews chapter 11 is the author of Hebrews goes back and looks and says in the Old Testament, in these Old Testament experiences and real life stories, these people were commended by God for faith. Not commended by God for their perfect behavior. Not commended by God for doing that God did great things in and through them. No, they were commended by God because of faith in God. 
It says, this is what the ancients were commended for. If you want to please God, it's going to take some faith. Well, Hebrews chapter 11 is where we're going to spend the next six weeks. That over the next six weeks, we're going to look deeply at the real life stories of some of the ancients in the Old Testament that the New Testament is now saying they are our model for current life, current day faith. And I don't assume that you just know all those stories. I won't stand here and say, you remember this guy, when you're like, I don't even know that guy. I've never read about him. We'll go look at those experiences. We will go look at those things together over the next six weeks. But we have to understand what faith is. If we're going to be a people who live by faith, we got to, well, what's faith? A lot of, if I asked 10 of you what faith was, you'd have 10 different answers. So let's look and see what God's word, the Bible says, faith is. Hebrews 11, chapter 11, verse 1 says this, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not, what? We don't see. This is what the ancients were commended for. So he gives us a definition right there for faith. It is a confidence in what we hope for. It's an assurance about what we can't see or what we do not see. So if you're taking notes today, you'll realize that if I can see it, it isn't faith. If you can see it, it isn't faith. Faith is belief when you can't see it. That's what faith is. I believe that God can do it when I cannot see a way for it to be done. How many of you have ever seen God with your eyes? How many of you in this room would say you have faith? Come on, show me your hands if you say, I, I have faith. I have faith in God. But you're telling me that you've never seen him. So you have faith in God. If I can see it, it isn't faith. And I believe God can do it when I cannot see a way for it to be done. But let me say, you believe in God who you've never seen. But sometimes you don't believe God can or will because you don't see a way that it can be done. You, in other words, we project our lack of faith, our lack of belief on God because we can't fathom it. We can't figure it out. We can't think of a way for it to be done. Hebrews eleven six tells us this. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So do you believe God exists? And do you believe that he rewards those who earnestly seek him? Because you've got to realize that without faith, it's impossible to, believe, to please God. So what is this saying? Hebrews are telling us you can be really, really good and still not please God. You can be better than the next guy or the next lady and still not please God. You can believe all the right truths about God. You can have dialed in all the right theologies about God and still not please him. Faith is hard. Why? Because we cannot see him. And we cannot see what we want to be assured of. But that's what faith is. Faith is not being able to see it, not being able to see how it works out, not being able to see how it will get done, not being able to see the why to all of our questions, but it is seeing that God has a way and he will do it and his ways are higher than our ways and his, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Faith pleases God. Do you want to please God this year? 
Some of you think, God, I want to please you this year, so I want to be the best me I can be. You're going to say, I'm going to try to take my performance to the next level. And I want to tell you today that you could try to take your performance to the next level and still not please God. You know what pleases God? Faith. Faith in him. Not getting caught in the vortex of life that circles you down, but saying, God, when I cannot see a way, when it looks like the year is off to a bad start, God, I still believe in vortexes that go up. I believe that you have a way, that your ways and your thoughts are higher than ours. That's what faith is. The problem is we have a counterbalance of faith that's called fear. And fear is placing faith in the what if. Fear is placing faith, you're placing your belief in, yeah, but what if, right? Exodus chapter four, verse one, Moses gets told by God, you're gonna go, you're gonna tell Pharaoh in Egypt that, you, that I have appeared to you and that you're to say, let my people go. We wanna bring freedom for the Hebrew people from slavery in Egypt. And this is what Moses said. Moses answered, well, what if? What if they do not believe or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Guess you just appeared to Moses, God. And God says go. And Moses' first reaction to the potential of risk, the potential of God doing something great in him and through him is, yeah, but what if? See, there's a counterbalance to faith, isn't there? It's called the what if. And why do your what ifs matter? That's what I want to look at a little bit with you today. Number one, what you fear reveals what you value the most. What you fear is actually an indicator. It reveals what you value the most. Your worst fears reveal what you value the most. You might value money, and a drop in the stock market sends you in scrambling, trying to hold it all together. And you ask, well, what if? What if things go bad? You value money. You might value security and stability, and then one day a lab report comes back really negative, and you begin asking, well, what if? Because all you valued your whole life is security. The list goes on. What if I get rejected? What if people don't like me? What if the worst happens? What if we lose it all? What if my health fails? What if I lose my job? What if my kids reject Jesus? What if I get attacked? What if I get abandoned? What if I'm single forever? What if? We all value something. We all have areas that are important to us, but sometimes those strong values reveal a corresponding weakness. What you fear reveals what you value the most. Second, what you fear reveals where you believe God the least. You don't believe God to provide for your needs, and so you say, God, I'm sorry, I know you asked me for the 10th, but I'm gonna live on 100%, and I'll every now and then throw you a bone, but God, I don't believe that you're gonna be my source. God, I don't believe that you're gonna throw open the floodgates of heaven. God, I don't believe that I can actually do that when I do my budget, and I do my statistics, and I do my data analysis. I don't believe, because I don't see a way. Guess what? You're not living in faith. Because you can't see a way for God to do more with 90% than you can do with 100. You give in to fear. You don't believe God with your kids' safety, so you bubble wrap them and try to control what you cannot control. 
How many of you have ever had a kid injured when you were less than like three feet from them? <laughs> right? I think God makes kids short at first so they don't have that far to fall. I just think it's smart. He didn't make tall babies, that's on purpose. We can't control certain things, can we? You don't believe God will, can actually help your hurts and your habits and your hangups, and so you try to keep them private as long as you can. You don't believe God to help you be okay to be by yourself, so you always have to be in relationship with someone. You drop one boyfriend for another boyfriend so fast, people don't even have time to know who you're dating. There's others of us, you don't believe God can actually write a better story in your life than your parents' relational experience, so you're in a relationship with nobody. You don't wanna risk relationship because you've seen hurt. You're afraid that you'll just do what happened in your relative's life. We offend God with this idea. If I can't do it or see it, then it can't be done. If I can't do it, if I can't see how it works out, then God, it simply can't be done. And you know what happens in that moment? We offend God with that belief, with that statement. Why? Because faith pleases God. And in that moment, we're saying, God, if I can't control it somehow, if I have to risk somehow, I, I'm, I'm not willing to go there. And that's so offensive to a God who wants to draw close to you, a God who believes in you more than you believe in yourself, a God who loves you more than you love yourself, a God who knows what he can do in and through you far beyond what you can ask or imagine or dream. That God is saying, I believe so much in you, and you're throwing in the towel because you're afraid. How often did Jesus in the New Testament tell people, do not be afraid? Today, we're sitting in a building that seven years ago, the keys were handed to us. The year leading up to that, we had lots of chance to have fear. We had lots of chance to ask hard questions. It was a long shot beyond long shots. And when we put in our best and final offer, we were third place. Guess what? Third place is losing. And we just came before the Lord and said, if it's going to happen, I mean, God has got to be you. We can't, we're going to do everything and work like it's up to us. But God, at the end, it's all up to you. And we asked questions. We said this, we were like, well, what if the city won't let us? What if they won't let us change the zoning? Did you know this facility was zoned that it could not be a church? We could have spent $13,000 for a permit for them to go, nope, still can't be a church. That's a bad financial decision unless God is in it. What if the money doesn't come in? What if the economy is bad? What if we get disappointed? Do we want to hope? Do we want to put ourselves out there only to get disappointed? We had all those questions, because fear is real. Fear is tangible, you can taste it. Man, when it's in the air, everybody knows. Our culture sells it. Watch the news. You're gonna die from everything. <laughs> what you used to think was be good is gonna be like Q-tips are gonna be outlawed someday. Because somebody could somehow get injured by a Q-tip. I mean, just all the time, it's all around us, and God says, my people, 
the people who please me, the people who want to grow with me, they live by faith. What you fear reveals where you believe God the least. So is it loss? Is it failure? Is it rejection? Is it weakness? Is it fear of the unknown? What's your what if? On your outline, there's a blank. It says this, I'm not trusting God with. And at Sun Grove Church, we want to be real with God and with ourselves and with others. And so this is your time just to be honest. Don't tell God what you think he wants to hear. Just be honest. What, what are you actually not trusting God with? Like, you know it. Just be, this time is for you. Your outline's for you. I'm not trusting God with what? Our what ifs matter. They do. We have to know what they are and we have to acknowledge them, but we gotta face the what ifs of fear. And so number three in your outline is this, acknowledge your fear and choose to believe God. You notice I didn't say believe in God. I said believe God, there's a big difference. You might already believe in God, but you can believe in God but not believe God because of fear. God, I believe in you, but I don't believe that you can. So you're believing in God, but you're not believing God because of fear. Psalm 56, two through four said this, my adversaries pursue me all day long. In their pride, many are attacking me. And when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, and what happens? And am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Now David knew full well that mortals can shoot you with arrows. Mortals can stick you with a sword. Mortals can capture you. They can torture you. He knew the what ifs. But what is he doing in this moment? He's saying, God, I put my trust in you. Faith is a choice, not a feeling. So he's going, when I feel afraid, I put my faith, I put my trust in you. So often you and I put our trust in our fears or we put our trust in a way around our fears. And God is saying, put your trust in me. I'm your stronghold, I'm your fortress, I'm your deliverer. So acknowledge your fear. God fears real, God fears human, God fears is fleshly. But God, I acknowledge that I am afraid. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. The question today is, are you putting your trust in God? Maybe this is the year that he wants you to put your trust in him. Maybe in that area you wrote down, this is the year that God says, put your trust in me. Number four, seek God until he delivers you from being controlled by fears. It doesn't say that you're never gonna have fear, that faith is somehow this blanket weird thing that people are like, I just trust the Lord, and you're like, that is just weird. Like, you're saying you don't experience emotion, you don't experience fear, you don't experience, no, we experience it, we're real, I'm gonna be afraid. I'm gonna not believe when God wants me to believe, and I'm gonna have to say, God, I believe, help my disbelief. Why, because we're human. We still have the flesh, we're mortal. God, I'm afraid, yes, I'm afraid. And yet I put my trust, and so what happens is, when I seek God, he delivers me from being controlled by my fears. He doesn't make all fear just simply go away, but the power of fear 
is put into the trust of a God who is your security. Psalm 34, verse 4, David again writing, says this, King David, he said, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. What is he saying? He's saying fear held me captive. I have to know about the what ifs. My what ifs and my fears had held me captive. And yet when I sought the Lord, when I pursued him, when I was after the Lord, it's then that he delivered me from the power being in captivity to my fears. There is no freedom from fear unless you experience deliverance. You'll seek something or anything to cover your fear, but it still exists on the inside. You'll look for things to numb your fear. You'll look for things to try to make you feel more secure, but it's still there. But seeking God and seeking him in an ongoing way every time that fear raises its head will deliver you from your fears and walk you through all that life will throw at you. And believe me, life will throw at you brutal, difficult things. Listen, life is not fair. Fairness ended in the Garden of Eden when God said, I've created this perfect world and yet through human temptation from the enemy and then through human choice, sin entered the world and in that moment, fairness left. It was an unfair situation but God loved you and me so much that he said, I will come and I will stretch out my arms, I will take the unfairness of your sin upon myself, I will cancel it out before a holy God as God himself on the cross that's not fair, it's not fair to him, but I will do that out of great love for you. I will reconcile where you didn't think there was a way, I made a way. Listen, when you and I begin to live by faith, people don't know what to do with the person who lives by faith. <laughs> they don't know what to do with you. Like you start to live actually by faith and not just simply being controlled by fears and people, they don't know what to do with you. In fact, it says it this way in Nehemiah 6.16. Nehemiah was rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. They had a lot of enemies who didn't want those walls rebuilt. They had a lot of internal and external opposition. They had some of the biggest opposition from, was from their own people. Not other nations, but their own people. But he says this. When all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid. They lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of God. See, when a person begins to live by faith, other people around you, in your family, in your workplace, in your connections, they don't know what to do with you. But you begin to live by faith. You begin to walk by faith in what God can do. And you'll begin to watch your relationship with God accelerate. You will watch yourself in your life push through your fears and come to a place where you please God. Are we gonna have fears? Of course we are. Some people think God won't give us more than we can handle. Well, then that's a pretty immature faith. Now, God's word says that no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to other people, and God is faithful, who will not let you be tempted beyond what you are able, but with that temptation will provide a way of escape so that you can endure it. And people take that and they think, oh, God won't give me more than I can handle. No, God won't allow you to be tempted without also giving you an escape route. But life will always give us more than we can handle. Tell me, tell me in your life that you haven't experienced more than you think you can handle. 
That's what life does. Man, when we cling to security, when we cling to safety, when we cling to fear, life will always give us more than we can handle. But the person who lives by faith says, life's gonna give me more than I can handle. So that's why I cling to God. That's why I have to. When life is brutal, I've gotta hold on to him. When I can't see a way, that's when God has to show the way. That's when, that's when the person who lives by faith says, God, not me, but, but you, you've, I don't have the answers. I have an argument to have with you someday, but God, in the meantime, I'm going to live by faith. In our fear, God wants us to believe him and choose to step out and risk by faith. Listen, to be a Christian means that you're a person of faith. There's no definition of Christian without the addition of faith because it's by faith that you have been saved. But for some of you in this room, I'm just gonna be honest, for some of us in this room, your faith stopped right there. You believed in God, but right now you don't believe God. You believed in God and said, thank you God, I'm gonna control my life from here on out. And you're controlled by fears. And you're controlled by pride. And you're controlled by all the things that humanity tells us we should be controlled by. But it's by faith that we have been saved. But for some of you, this could be the year that you begin to say, God, again, I'm, I'm so tired. I'm so tired of living by self. I'm so tired of living by fear. I'm so tired of living by circumstance because circumstances go up and down. I'm so tired of riding that roller coaster. God, maybe this year, maybe this year is the year that I live by faith. And then you got to pray that prayer of surrender. Okay, God, whatever that means, I want to please you. Do in me what you need to do in me so that I can walk with you by faith. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust you. Does it mean that they will always have peaceful circumstances? No. It means in the storms of life, when things are not peaceful, that you're going to keep that person in peace and not falling to pieces because they trust you. They put their trust in you. They put their faith in you. But we know it. Faith is hard. Why is faith so hard? Faith is hard because you can't see it. And I want to illustrate that for you this morning. That faith is hard because you can't see it. So I'm going to ask, uh, hey, Zariah, will you bring me that, that bag you got there? Thank you. Now, this is, a, this is an old youth pastor illustration, and I want to I show you that faith is hard because I want you to know that in this bag, I have a snake. There's a snake in this bag. How many of you believe me that there's a snake in this bag? Okay, this is horrible. I am your pastor. <laughs> like, if you don't trust what I'm saying, if you don't believe me, then what are you doing here? <laughs> like, honestly, like, like I am telling you as, as your, I am telling you as Dave, as a person who wants to be a truth teller, I'm telling you there is a snake in this bag. There's a snake. It's in this bag. How many of you believe me? A little bit better, okay. 
But still, some of you are, you know, you're skeptics. I, I don't know. I, I'm just, I, am, I am telling you there is a snake in this bag. Now I need somebody up here for a minute who's afraid of snakes. So nominate someone around you. Linda Betancourt, come on down. Come on up these stairs. Yeah, come on up. You got nominated by, uh, come on up. This is Linda. Come on up, Linda. Faith over fear. Here we go. Now, Linda, I just want you, come on over here and step into the light. Come on over here. Okay, okay, come, 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 come over here. Come over here. Come on. Step up here in the light. All right. Here's what I want. I just want you, I don't, I just want you to touch the bag. I just want you to touch it. Like it, I'm gonna cry. Okay, all right. Well, just just tell me what, what do you think? Just touch it real quick. Okay, all right, all right. Now, now, what do you think? Do, do you believe me? Do you think there's a snake in the bag? I don't think it's alive, but I think there's a snake in there. So I could have like a rubber snake in there. You might, but I can't even look at one of those. Okay, all right. Well, give it up for Linda. She overcame her fears. Now, let me ask: How many of you believe that there's a snake in this bag? Some of you, do you want to see it? I'm not going to show you. Because this is about faith. This isn't about seeing. This is about faith. But I'm telling you, as your pastor, that there is a snake in this bag. There's a real snake in this bag. It's a python. Why? Because I saw it get put in this bag. Do you want to see it? Want to see a picture of it? I'm not going to show you. Because this is about faith. Faith is hard. Like you don't know. You don't know. Is there a snake in this bag? But I'm telling you that there is a snake in this bag. A real, live, living snake in this bag. It's the nicer of two snakes that's in this bag. This snake is the nice one. We didn't choose the other one. But there is a snake in this bag. How many of you believe me now? Do you want to see it? I'm not going to show you. Zariah, come on back. Come on back. Take that. Here's my point. Faith is hard. You can't see it. You can't see a way for it to be done. You want to believe, but you can't believe. God, help my disbelief. And here's what I want to say. This year, we need to grow in faith as a church. We have grown in number, in size, consistently for the last 10 years. And if we look where we were 10 years ago, we'd say, God, we just praise you. Look at what you've done. But I believe, truly I believe, that for us as a church, we need to grow in faith this year. That our faith needs to catch up to our growth. That we need to say, God, it's not about where we are right now. God, it's about where you want us to go. It's about what you want to do in and through us. God, we want to live as people who please you. We don't want to be a church that's content with being the church that we are. We want to be content with being who you call us to be as the people of God, whatever that looks like. God, we want to live by faith. So God, help us when fear is in front of us. God, help us when apathy is inside of us. God, help us to choose faith when life is brutal and we can't see through the suffering. God, help us. So over the next six weeks, as a church, we're gonna learn to please God and live by faith. Here's what I want you to do. Just by way of surrender, will you just bow your heads, close your eyes? 
For some of you in this room, you've heard about Jesus. You have a cognitive understanding of what he did on the cross and that on the cross, he took your sin upon himself and he canceled it out by dying. That he rose from the grave, that he is God, but you've never believed. You've never believed in God. You've never put your faith in God. And today is the day of salvation. That God is calling you to say, believe in me because I believe in you. I created you. I know all that you've done and yet I'm extending my love to you still. And if that's you today, just would you pray this prayer after me to say, Jesus, today on the first weekend of the year, I give you me. I ask you to come into my life and make me a new creation. Make me alive by faith. I believe you died on the cross, you canceled out my sin, and that you're God. So today, Jesus, I give you me. Thank you for listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For information on Sun Grove Church, visit our website at sungrove.org.